Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Freed Up has a word for you. I'm your host, Tina Robertson, and today I'm super excited that we get to hear the second part of our episode on couraging up through a season of separation and divorce. My guest, the Reverend Dr. Marisha, is going to come back and we're going to unpack this term residue free among some other really important topics we'll cover. So make sure you get a seat for this one. We'll be back in just a moment. Listen, we are back for part two of our conversation with the Reverend Dr. Marisha, who is here to really help us understand how to get freed up after a separation and going through a divorce. And I so appreciated um, just the first part of our conversation. And you know, if you're tuning in to this episode and you didn't hear the first part, you know what I say every single time, you have to go back and listen to the very front part of our conversation in this interview, it will bless you. And so I want to start off today and um, just ask you about this term, residue free. I saw this on your website. Um, This is part of your work and your ministry. And I'm telling you, when I saw residue free, I almost jumped out of my skin. I said, oh my goodness, because the visual that is attached to that especially when you think about leaving any situation that has had you bound up in some way. So talk about residue free. Where did that come from? And uh, uh, share, do share. (laughs) Girl, that's, that's, that is my motto. So I'm telling you, so although I'm remarried Uh and I literally went from a man who never wanted to be married to a man who was never married and always wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing God had to help me with, and this is, this is, this is key because this is, this is the piece. The piece is we typically have residue from our previous relationship. Uh-huh. And so what God wanted me to do is to work on my residue because although the person that I'm with has changed, it does not negate if there was residue there. Yeah, yeah, this is good. (laughs) Yeah, I could call baggage, but, but, and so this is what God had to help me with. So he had to help me identify my triggers, Mm -hmm. right? He had to help me identify. So this is what, this is kind of the flow of it. The flow of it is what incident, was it self-imposed or imposed? And so what was the residue? Was it, was it the rejection? So for myself, it was the rejection. So from the rejection, what type of self, self-defeating thoughts did I have? So what type of mindset did I have? Mm-hmm. And from that mindset, what type of self-defeating behaviors did I have? Mm. And from that, what type of residue impact did it make? And that is still there and present. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I connect um, all of those pieces together. And yeah. so those are the things that God is really 
um, has been trying to help me and wants me to help other women really identify the residue and, and really identify how it has controlled your mindset. It has controlled how you behave. And it, there's an impact. There is a, you know, an impact from it. You know what I mean? And so whether it is a rejection or whether it is even something from childhood, because oftentimes, sometimes it's not um, within the relationship. Sometimes it is also from your childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? And oftentimes yeah. those things from our childhood are self-imposed. So it's not something that we did, but something that was done to us. Mm-hmm. That has caused residue, that has caused a mindset, that mm-hmm. has caused a certain behavior that we uh, portray, and that has caused a certain, I would say, fingerprint, you yeah. know, from all of those previous things. And so yeah. that is, that is um, really what I really try to still work within myself, because as you said, this is not a destination, it's a journey. Healing is a journey. And so... Yeah. Being residue free is also a journey, but in the same regard, it starts with identifying it. It starts with the renewing of your mind and it starts with applying God's word and stop Mm -hmm. listening to the voices. We listen to the voices too much Mm -hmm. and we do not confess his word enough to Mm -hmm. fight the things that we hear. No, it's it's beautiful. I love it. Um, it residue free and again the visual of it is there's the release in that so it's that's where the actual restoration is happening but it's happening from this process of um breaking apart and putting back together because we have to get rid of that mindset but we have to be able to identify it first and so i appreciate the fact that you brought in there is an awareness and a mindfulness we hear a lot about mindfulness and we talk about this on freed up all the time i said this is not some existential thing it's simply just being aware i have an example so this is my example and every time i use this everybody is shocked they are so shocked so here we go okay my ex-husband is engaged so what would the enemy do the enemy would try to trigger what? My residue. Because mm. what did he tell me? He never wanted, he never wanted to be married. So I could go back in my mindset and listen to those thoughts to say, yes. so what was wrong with you? Right? Yes. So this is this is residue free from my situation. Residue free is every prayer I prayed, every time I fasted, every Mm -hmm. journal I wrote in over the years of the man that I wanted him to be. My prayer is that this new uh, fiance will reap the benefit. Beautiful. That is being residue free. That's some healing right there. When you I, believe I, that. I have to keep confessing it. Yes. Right. I have to, I have to, it's a hard space. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a very hard space. Um, it's hard, a hard space because when you're hurt, when somebody hurts you, you want to hurt them. That it just goes hand in hand, you mm-hmm. know, bitterness comes up, all of these different things come up. But when you're talking about being residue free, I'm talking about this young lady getting blessed. I'm talking about him treating her better than he treated me. I'm talking about him treating her daughter better than he treated our own son. That is being residue free. Yes. And that is when you know that looking back is 
over because you're looking forward in an uh, expectation for him, but you're also looking forward in the fact that God has blessed you in your own space, in your own life. I want to talk a little bit about the word because the word is truth. And I believe that there is no greater healing balm than the word of God. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up. So are there any specific scriptures that were so important for you along the journey as you transitioned from that place of divorce and, and really went through your residue-free process? Uh, what was important to you from the word? Well, you know what? Because I was so broken, the biggest one for me, and, and it was one that my girlfriend kept, she kept, I would say, confessing over me, is that God's strength is made perfect within me. It is not my own strength, right? It, it is his strength that I'm leaning on. Like, I do not have to have strength on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can just lean on his strength and that's okay. And he's okay with that. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. oftentimes we, we get in this mindset of, we think we have to show, um, uh, we have to present ourselves in a way. And, and that's something too. Like we put on this mask and I did too. I put on this mask when I was in church when really I was hurting. Yeah. I, I was broken. Um, yeah. I had a great support system, but when I went home, it was rough. You know what I mean? And so the, the, the piece for me was his strength was made perfect within me. I did not have to be strong on my own and it was okay for me to cry. You mm -hmm. know, my tears show courage. My, my, my moving forward showed my tenacity, showed my yeah. resiliency. You know yeah. what I mean? And so all God, it's interesting. I did a podcast, um, not spent some time ago about, about, you know, how the tree stands by the rivers of living water and all the tree does is stand, right? That's all the tree does is stand. God doesn't ask the tree for nothing else. All the tree mm -hmm. does is takes up the nutrients from the water that falls it takes in the sun, takes in that vitamin D. Sometimes he, he has to be pruned. Sometimes the storms mm -hmm. come, but all God asks from that tree is to stand. And that's yeah. all God was asking me to do was just stand. I, I got you, baby girl. And that's the mm -hmm. piece. Sometimes we don't realize God is closer than ever before, but, but we, we don't, we're not open to him because we're so focused on what happened to us. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, that's the piece. We're so distracted on what happened to mm -hmm. us versus being open to what God is doing. And God is trying to be there with you, trying to hug you, trying try to talk to you, you know, but we're so focused on somebody who hurt us. And unfortunately that takes precedent over knowing that God is so near. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, giving us so many visuals because, you know, it helps to be able to just see ourselves like a tree, just standing and being able to, um, you know, as Psalm 1 says, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers planted. of water that brings forth fruit. That means that even mm -hmm. in any season, even in divorce season, even in separation season, we can still bear fruit if we will stand and meditate mm -hmm. and stay in God's word. That's what the, the word says. Um, yeah. 
So I want to just segue a little bit into, because this is all so good. I wish we had like a whole six hour show or something and it could just go on and <laughs> on and on. We could take breaks and come back. Um, yeah. But I want to talk a little bit about your son mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just thinking about courts, whenever you have a, a split and there are children involved, that's a very difficult and challenging experience because you're dealing with your own emotions and, and, and what you know to be the situation that you can't tell your kids and you can't share everything. Mm-hmm. Some people try to shield their kids from that. Some people don't. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how you handle the situation, the divorce with your son and why was it important to handle it that way? So my parents divorced when I was about the same age. And um, the one thing that, you know, I'm not sure what type of conversation my ex-husband had with my son, um, but they had a conversation and my son and I had a conversation. So my husband is all, my ex-husband had always been he he was rarely home, let me say. So he had two jobs and then he loved to hang out. He loved, like I said, being like his dad, but he would never admit it. Um, and so it has always been me and my son. And so actually when we, when we first got separated, it, it really, the only thing that really felt different for me was when I laid in the bed. Mm-hmm. Because my son and I were, were used to it just being him and I. So what that piece kind of wasn't too different. Um, however, the, the one piece that I did want my son to, I didn't want him to hate his father. His father did the best that he could. And sometimes we, we, we don't give people credit where it's due. And he just did the best that he could do. And so he couldn't. So I had to explain to my son, your dad is doing what he knows to do right? He saw a relationship in the home and basically he just did, he just followed suit, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so we don't, as parents, even as um, spouses, we don't read books on how to be better. That's just not something that we do. You know, oh, I want to be a better parent. Let me go buy this book this week. No, it's just not something we do. We typically do what we know or we learn from the experience, you know what I mean? To try to be better, Um, Or sometimes God has to allow certain things to happen to get you to be better. But in the same regard, I wanted him to understand it was really more of a generational cycle. So I wanted him to see the spiritual side of it. But in the same regard, I I know that it has impacted him. And typically boys don't really, they really don't express themselves Mm -hmm. uh, like girls do. But I wanted him to know that his father loved him. I wanted him to know, you know, his father, you know, definitely uh, wanted the best for him. And and it had nothing to do with him. It was just something that he saw his father do. And he just did the same thing. And so although those are things that I share with my son, in the same regard, my son still internalized my hurt. You know, sometimes he saw me crying. Sometimes he had to hold me. So mm-hmm. I understand there was impact there, right? Yes. And, and yes. I'm not, I'm not too sure because he's never disclosed it. So I'm not too sure uh, of him witnessing certain things that he saw me go through. I'm not sure how, what type of imprint that left. I know it did, um, but in the same regard, I, I always try to push your dad really loves you. He just doesn't know. And so 
that that was my biggest piece for him. I didn't want him to blame his father, um, even though his father was the reason why it happened. But I just wanted him to un understand that underlying um, factor of basically the generational curse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and those mm -hmm. generational curses um, are, are real. And um, it takes the awareness that they are there and then praying against those and applying the word and becoming residue free because that's how we break those curses in our own actions. And I had to ask him, so this is what your father, your, your grandfather did to your dad, your dad did to you. So the question is, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. are you going to, are you going to embrace and hold on and remember to your mom's hurt, your mom's pain and your mom's tears and shift and change and stop the cycle so you don't do it to your wife and your children. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I want him to realize that those things can be passed down very easily. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I wanted him to understand the power of it because it's very powerful. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it is, it is only through the word of God. It's only through prayer, you know? Um, and, and, and I want it even, I don't care the age. I wanted him to know and understand it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, was there any point in time after the divorce that you went to counseling or therapy? We both have not together. Um, I, I went for myself uh -huh. Um, and it was very helpful. You know, it was very therapeutic just to talk to someone, someone I didn't know, you know, yeah. um, just to listen to me. And it's so interesting because I would say by the time I started talking to a therapist, I was at a point where I had really let go. And she, she got to, a, she was like, you know, I, I enjoy you coming to talk to me, but I, I don't understand, you know, and, 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 uh, but it was still, it was still therapeutic for me because I knew I was about to start, um, in a new relationship. And so again, it's all about working through that residue and those triggers and different things. My son, on the other hand, my son, he wanted to go to therapy because he lacks, lacks confidence in who he is. Um, and he's all, he's always kind of been that way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm not, you know, certain if, you know, the divorce was discussed, but my son has been in therapy as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. We talk a lot on Freed Up about it. It is a resource that God has provided for us. Mm -hmm. Just like we go to a medical doctor when we're sick and, and not feeling our best, that there are people who God has positioned to help us when we're not feeling our best emotionally. And so we talk mm -hmm. a lot about just the gift of being able to go to therapy and counseling. Mm -hmm. um, it's so helpful. It's just, it's just so helpful. It, you know, it, we as pe people of color, you know, it's just something that we don't do. Even Christians don't do it. You know, even ministers don't do it, but it is really it is so, it's such a need. You have a physical health, you have a mental health, but you also have a spiritual health. Like there, there are three different components and, and they all can be cared for differently. You know what I mean? And so it's so, you know, it's such a need for, it's such a need. Yes, it is. I concur. <laughs> I agree. So mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you this as a closing question. It's actually two parts. Um, we talked about 
the fact that Frida does have some male listeners. And I generally don't ask this question. I think this is the first time that I, I, I'm doing this on the podcast. Um, but I want to know, what would you say that's important about your experience? What would you say directly to men? I know you talked about what you shared with your son, but what would you say to men in general about what your experience was in, in a way to encourage them and in a way to open up oh. their awareness? And then I want you to say the same thing um, to women. Just how would you, what word would you have for women about anything related to your experience? And I want you to just decide what that is that you will share with both men and women. Oh, wow. So for men, I would say... And it's again this. So this stems from uh, me being on a podcast, and the host had, had mentioned something, and he was a male, and it triggered something in me um, that made me, which connected to a, my girlfriend said something. It, it just put it all together. Um, but sometimes, you know, I understand that it is really challenging to be honest and be honest about how you feel and be honest about the space that you're in in that moment, especially emotionally. And, and and the biggest part is when you've made a commitment, you know, before God and before, uh, you know, your wife, um, it's definitely hard if something changes. Mm-hmm. And I think based on my experience, you know, if you are having certain feelings in a certain way, don't let it linger, you know, 14 years later, um, it, it, because you're not being honest, you're not being honest with yourself and you're not being honest with that person that you made that commitment to. And so, and, 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 and definitely, it, it definitely is challenging and hard to do. But in the same regard, and that other person may be upset, may be angry, may be bitter, but in the same regard, that is the best space to be in, is to be honest about how you feel. Yes. Okay. Um, for women, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> for women, um, on the flip side, you know, rejection is really hard for us mm-hmm. um, because... Mm-hmm. I just think it's just because of we love hard, right? We love hard. We put our all into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And because of that, um, it's hard when somebody rejects, rejects us. It is hard when, even when the relationship doesn't work, it's hard to let go. And I think for us as women, sometimes we can get in a space of we're unsure uh, as to if we are enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so that's some of that residue. That's, that's the residue. It is. It yeah. really, it really is. But that yeah. is the space. That is that. That is that space that we get in after either a relationship has failed or we get rejected. And in that space is when you really have to ground yourself in the word of God. You really have to ground yourself in who you are. And you have to ground yourself and know that God has your best interest at heart. You know, I think the biggest, one of the biggest things for me, you mentioned, you asked me about a scripture. And I I think for me, 
the biggest thing is all things work together, right? Mm -hmm. That's the good, the bad, ugly, the indifferent, you know, everything works together for our good. And that is the question. The question is, if you're ever in that space, right? The question is, what God is working for my good? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the question. The question not is why, because that is our first question. So why did you do this? Why did you allow this God? Why did I go through this? Why did you put me through this? No, the question is, what is going on in that next chapter he's trying to push you to the question is mm-hmm. what is going on that god is that purpose that god wants to birth in your life but you're trying to be stuck somewhere that i i, I can't leave you stuck like what so that's the piece all things are working together for your good and that's the question god what what does that mean in my life yeah and when you get to that space then you can kind of open up oh man i i my life isn't over. I, I have more chapters in my story. Yeah. You, you know, whatever previous chapters he's going to use for his glory, but there's more chapters in my story and I have to hold on to it. I have to trust it. I have to believe it because there's more to come. Your ladder shall be greater. And that is the space that you need to be in. Wow. Amen to all of that. And, and listen, I know it takes time to get to that space because there are different stages of grief it takes time to process through that anger that frustration that hurt bitterness get to yes just to get to the place where mm-hmm. it's like okay god what good do you want to come from this but the goal is that we do ask that question reverend dr marisha and that we do get there and that we do stay in the space of becoming residue free our time mm-hmm. is gone, and I mean, I could oh, go on and just so many, I know, so many other things. So um, if you will, hold the invitation open so that we can have you back on Freed Up. Anytime. Anytime. I love, I love the title, Free Up, because my, my scripture, I don't know if you saw my scripture on my uh on my uh, website is John eight thirty five. Yeah, who's the who the sun sets free is free indeed. indeed. And I'm trying to be free. Amen. I'm trying to be free. Amen. I'm telling you, and listen, freed <laughs> up met residue free. And listen, it is on. You hear me? It is on. So Amen. as Amen. always, I thank our listeners for tuning in. I know you were blessed, and we'll be back for the next one real soon. If I tell you that I am in a residue-free process, listen, thank you so much, Reverend Dr. Marisha, for those words of wisdom and encouragement. And listen, if you're out there today and you are processing through some difficult emotions related to this area, I want to just say a word of prayer for you. God, thank you for holding each of my sisters and brothers in the very palm of your hand, your powerful, righteous right hand. Thank you, God, for covering them, for keeping them, and bringing them safely through this journey. Will you remind them that your plan for them is a good plan to prosper them and not to harm them, and that you are the only one who knows how to take all of those things that happen to us and work them together for our good. Thank you, God, for what you have ahead for each one of us. In your son's name we pray, amen. So listen. 
I can't wait for our next episode. I'm going to have a guest, a new freed up friend, a new friend of mine. Her name is Victoria, and she's going to share with us a little bit about her struggle with self-esteem and an eating disorder and talk to you about this new season in her life. So make sure you get back here real soon. Remember, I'm walking this road with you. You're not alone. God loves you. I love you. And make sure you take care of you.